Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She is coming off of the Tier Pro Swim Series in Mission Viejo, where she became the number three all-time 17-18 performer, number 14 in the U.S. all-time. In the 100-meter breaststroke, she nailed a 106.38 today. Coming to us from Alaska, we're talking to Lydia Jacoby. Thank you. That's a very nice introduction. Thanks for being with us today. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I was I was going to interview you in Mission Viejo and then uh where our, our, our paths never ended up crossing. Um, so I'm excited to sit down with you today. Let's start with that uh, pro swim in Mission Viejo. Coming into that meet, how are you feeling? Did, did you have goals uh, for your performances? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always try to have some goals going into meets. So, but I wasn't rested or anything. So I was just hoping to be kind of right around my best times and maybe break into those high 106s. So that was a very exciting race and I wasn't quite expecting to be um do quite that well so it was exciting so you were high 106s you ended up going 106.3 um can you do you remember that race can you tell me about it and um especially with that field I mean it it from the media perspective it it pretty much seemed like that's what Olympic the Olympic trial final is going to look like um what how how did you feel heading into that final yeah I think that's kind of where my head was at too like that's the same field give or take a few women that are going to be at trials in those top positions so I thought that was really good practice I never practiced long course in Alaska we only have one long course pool so everything all those meets are just practice for me and I think that um having all those I mean like having basically half my heat be Olympians was pretty cool and everybody was so nice too um and yeah, in the ready room, I talked to Lily King quite a bit and she was super funny and nice. And yeah, it's kind of cool um, to race with those people and get to know them as people. And I've always seen them on TV and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the race itself, to be honest. I just remember getting on the blocks and then finishing, but it's exciting. <laughs> I, I've always heard that's the sign of a good race. I never had that sensation, and I think that's why I never swam a good race. Uh, <laughs> but but so so that seems like a good sign. Um, in the ready room, talking to Lily King, was there anything in particular that you had wanted to ask her, anything you did end up getting to ask her or talk to her about? No, I don't think – I think in the ready room you don't want to, like – fangirl at people if that makes sense because I don't know everybody's back there doing the same thing getting ready so you don't want to start asking people questions and kind of I don't know I just think that's kind of disrespectful so I didn't really no I didn't really ask her anything it's more just like chit chat but it's fun I don't like getting too in my head in the ready room so I prefer to talk to people move around seems like a good strategy and it seemed like it worked out um were you were you surprised by that 106.3 yeah definitely I mean 
after prelims, I was hoping that I could drop it down lower, but um, yeah, that was definitely surprising, and I wasn't really expecting to touch the wall second, so <laughs> it's exciting. And then, as you mentioned, you don't get to train long course at, ever, or most of the time. Do you ever train long course? No. Um, so we only have one long course pool in Alaska, and it's about two hours from my house, and they actually keep it in short course all the time except for one meet a year um, so no I never train long course sometimes train short course meters but um, yeah so that's why I try to go to quite a few out-of-state meets is just so that I can get there a few days before and practice yeah and so then coming to these meets especially racing long course um, how, how do you, how do you get that feel? Do you, I mean, do you prefer long course? Um, or if not, you know, again, how, how do you get that feel for long course once you get to a long course pool? Yeah, I like long course a lot more. My turns aren't the best. My pull downs are kind of the weaker part of my race. So I like just shaving it down to one in the hundred. So, um, yeah, I prefer long course. And I also, um, I feel like when I'm swimming in that long of pool, I can kind of get into a pretty good rhythm. So I don't know. I don't really, I guess a lot of people would think it was a disadvantage, um, but that's just how it's always been. So I don't really think of it that way. I think it's fine. Just learn to work with it. Yeah. And then uh, in the 200 breast at the pro swimming mission, um, you won the B final. 227.39. How'd you feel about that race? I felt good about it. Yeah, I um dropped five seconds off my best time. Um, and this summer, I did a lot more aerobic training than I have before. Um, so I think that really helped on that second half. And also, I never really fully embraced the 200. I've always liked the shorter one. But um so I think every time I swim it, I kind of learn how to swim it a little bit more and learn more about it. Um, and I definitely didn't feel like that was the fastest I can go. I think I've got more if I can figure out how to um, how to pace it out, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like you learned from those two particular races of the tuna breast and prelims and finals? Um. I think the first, especially in prelims, I um, changed my speed a lot too much, or I changed speed too much. I think I took it out pretty good, and then I got nervous that I was going to have nothing left on the last 50, so I went really slow on the middle 50s. Um, I think in finals, I evened it out a little bit more, but I think I've still got a ways to go there. And, and so then the the last day you swam the 200 IM, uh, <laughs> true to breaststroker form, I your 200 IM did not match up to your tuner breast. Uh, but give me your analysis on that race. Yeah. Um. Well, I've never. I'm definitely only a breaststroker, but um, in Alaska during high school season and stuff, the 200 IM is my second event. So. Um, I figured since there were no bonus cuts for this meet, I figured I might as well get another swim in since I had traveled all the way. And so I signed up for the 200 IM. I believe I was ranked um, 
last six seconds behind the next lowest person <laughs> going in. Um, but I figured I'd just swim it and try to get a best time for me and not worry about where everybody else was. Um, and I took off seven and a half seconds. So <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. I thought it was a good way to finish up the meet. And obviously, like you said, I'm nowhere near where I am in brushstroke, but it was good for me and I'm happy with it. And anytime you get a PR by seven and a half seconds, that's, that's a win, no matter what, I think you beat three people, uh, in uh-huh. the beat. So you moved up in the rankings too. So that uh-huh. seems, that seems like a, a sensational Solid. swim all around. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I swam it since I was 14. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Uh, but, well, that's great. It, it, so you, you were, I, I want to say six for or five for five on going best times and swims overall yeah. at this meet. Uh, so congrats on that. What overall um, after that weekend, what do you, what are what are your takeaways from the meet and what are you going to, you know, think about moving forward? Um, well, that meet was pretty crazy. I think I, um, I believe I'm 17th going into trials in the 200 and third in the hundred. Um, that was kind of my goal going in was just to move my seed time up, I guess. So I feel really good about that. And that's kind of going to be my last out of state big meet before trials. So I feel like that was a good um, last thing. And then I'll be training from there. And yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> to just physically to be in a space where you're heading into a meet unrested untaped you know unshaved knowing okay i'm i'm pretty confident i can go best times um and and like you said move myself up to be in a position to compete at olympic trials can you describe just that level of being in tune with your body and your stroke yeah for me i guess like i said um I'm still really young. I'm not even three quarters of the way through high school. So I think I'm in a good position um, where before I really didn't think of myself as an Olympic contender. I was in the top 16, so I guess it's it's a possibility, but um, it really wasn't probable. It still isn't probable, nothing probable. but, um, But yeah, it's been really neat to all of a sudden be in that mix and I think that it's important for me to remember though that I am young and that even if I don't um, make the Olympic team or even if I don't swim my best performance at trials I think that I still have so much so so far to go um, like in the next Olympics in three years I'll be training in Texas and yeah, I have a lot to learn about my stroke still. And I think um, a lot of people would think that was a disadvantage going into trials, competing against a field of women that are so experienced. Um, But I think a lot of them would give a lot to be in the position that I'm in because I still do have so far to develop and so much to learn and grow. So, yeah. (laughs) Seems like a really good perspective to have. have. Has this been, has this been a perspective that you have been developing over over the past six months, year, however long? I suppose so, yeah. I mean, not consciously, but um, yeah, I guess that's always something that I've thought about is just, um, I think 
a lot of people get carried away with competing against other people. And as soon as they get to that next level where they're competing against that next person that's faster than them, um, they always try to keep moving up, comparing themselves to others. And I think it's really important to um, step back and just look at where you are because everybody's in a different place. Has this, especially as you have moved up those ranks, has that been something you've discussed with um, parents, coaches, friends? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, at home, it's in Alaska, um, just as there aren't a lot of people, there aren't usually a lot of um, super high performing athletes um, to get to this level. So everybody's been really excited. It's been really neat to have so much community support. Um, but I think, yeah, a lot of people, I think once people start competing at a high level and performing at a high level, it's easy to lose track of, um, where they are, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people now that I've moved up to third are like, oh yeah, she's like the Olympic contender, like a little like Alaskan Olympic girl, but I'm not yet, and I think that's something that I need to remember and that I hope other people remember, too. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of <laughs> an Alaskan contender, I want to talk. <laughs> we, we covered the contender part. I'd like to talk about the Alaskan part um, because, like you said, <laughs> there's not a lot of high-performance athletes coming out of Alaska, and honestly, I just I don't know a lot about Alaska. Um it, can you talk about the swimming community and growing up in the swimming community in Alaska, what that's been like for you? Yeah, I love the swimming community in Alaska. We, um, it's a pretty close group. There's not um, a lot of people in Alaska that swim, but we have a really cool range of clubs. We have clubs um, all over the state and in a lot of little villages um, that, that really make it work and make these opportunities for their kids. And I think, um, for me, I grew up in Seward. Our club's about six, 50 to 60 people, depending on the year, um, and mostly younger kids. I've been swimming since I was six. Um, and, but it's really cool in Alaska swimming. I think this is something you don't see in a lot of other places. Um, everybody really wants to help each other. And I think we really do see ourselves as Team Alaska, especially when we travel to other places. So I always get help from coaches all around the state. And I feel like it's a really cool community where we all help each other grow rather than um, feeling like each club is competing against the others. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I, I love hearing that, that, sorry, I'm taking a minute. That really warmed <laughs> my heart. Um, that's really cool. And so do you travel frequently to other cities, villages, towns um, to compete? Yeah, actually. Well, um, yeah, I travel quite a bit um, to race, not quite as much this year because of COVID, but um, typically we drive around quite a bit to race in different places. But um, actually at the beginning when COVID first started, um, I was out of the water for about two months and then our pool was actually closed for eight months, I believe. Um, so I actually moved up to Anchorage for the summer um, to train up there. So I've been um, training both with my home team, Sue Tsunami Swim Club, 
and with Northern Lights Film Club up in Anchorage. And now that both pools are open, I've been going back and forth, but it's been really nice to all those coaches up there who have embraced me and um, have helped me get where I am now. So that That is really nice. What were you doing for those two months when you were completely out of the water? Well... I was skiing a lot. I would go, we have trails right behind our house. We live a little ways out of town. So um, I could just go out my front door and ski back there. Um, so I try to get in some long skis. And um, I also, my dad and I built a weight rack in my garage. So I've been lifting a lot. And I would also go, once the snow started to melt, I had some ice cleats that I would go and run. Uh, with some of my friends so yeah it's a pretty good mix of activities to stay in shape can you tell me a little i'm assuming is skiing as in like cross-country skiing is yeah. that the technical term for it i know nothing about skiing um yeah. <laughs> so t- t- tell me about the workout that that is um i don't know i guess it, you could say maybe like endurance kind of Thing. like it's not super intense but you just try to keep going for a long time um and you can kind of keep your heart rate up and make your muscles burn a little bit it's not yeah it it's one of those things where it can be as easy or as hard as you want it to be <laughs> do do you usually make it easier or harder <laughs> um well i was trying to make it harder definitely when i wasn't swimming as much um but usually when I just go on skis with my dog or something, I just do it for fun. So. It, it, especially when you were out of the pool, would you listen to music, you know, really try to get into that workout zone? Or do you, I mean, are, is it just you alone in the wilderness and quiet? <laughs> um, well, I always listen to music when I lift, but I don't listen to music when I ski because... I don't, I need to stay alert because there's, it's, it is the wilderness, like you said. So there's bears and moose and stuff. So it's kind of dangerous to have, at least have one headphone out, I guess. <laughs> that, that makes total sense. So it really is <laughs> the wilderness. How, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I, I think of Alaska, obviously I just think of cold. Um, <laughs> is how, 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 uh, how much of the year is snow actually on the ground? Um, well, I live kind of in the southern part on the coast, so it does, it's not actually as um, crazy as you might think. I guess it's um, we have snow probably around end of October to early November, um, and then we still have snow um, in, right now. Uh, but it never really gets too cold where I live. It's usually in the 20s and 30s. Um, and in the summer, it's warm. It's like 70 or 80. <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative. Um, gotcha. Okay. And so when and when does the snow melt for, for you? Um, it depends on the year. It's starting to melt now for sure. But it'll probably all be gone by late June, maybe. <laughs> wow <laughs> all right <laughs> um dude we had a 
we had a, I live in Austin. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had a week of snow and we were like, what's happening? This is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounded totally, crazy. <laughs> totally unprepared for that one, but again, all relative. So that's, that's cool. Uh, in Anchorage, how big is the club team there? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, probably oh, it's over a hundred and there's a couple different branches of the team that practice in different places. And then, um, our group that we train with is probably like 30 people, maybe the senior group. So, so that's a pretty, yeah. pretty, it's a good, pretty size. good size. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you find it, um, do you have training partners? Do you have people that, that, that push you in practice regularly? Yeah, for sure. I think that's something um, that going up to Anchorage has really helped with. Um, and yeah, one of my best friends, Madison Story, came in. Um, she actually moved up to Anchorage with me um, in the summer. And then we've been training together quite a bit. And I also have um, quite a few other people on that team that can really push me in practice. So it's great. Nice. So what, what kind of training are you doing at Anchorage and Seward? Um, is it, you know, you mentioned you had kind of upped that aerobic base, but, um, can you describe just your, your day-to-day training? Yeah, I, um, generally, or I don't do a lot of yardage. I'd say the average would be 3000 for practice. Um, and before COVID started, I, um, we did a lot more like technique and speed work um, and then moving up to Anchorage, their club focuses a lot more on aerobic stuff, but still a big emphasis on technique. Um, so I think that's been really good for my stroke. And then just having the combination of those two has really helped round out everything, especially in the 200. And in, in Anchorage, did you, did the yardage go up a lot more? or just kind of the focus and training? Yeah, no, I think just the focus changed. I don't think, yeah, they don't do a lot more yardage than we do in Seward, but just different focuses. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I love that philosophy of not a lot of yardage and and Mm -hmm. still, you know, having your focuses, obviously you can race a 200 just fine. Um, (laughs) how, How do you feel like, do you feel like you were able to get in everything that you need to swim a successful race? Definitely. Yeah. I don't think that um, it's necessary to be doing like 7,000 yards of practice or something. I don't even know if that's a lot for some people, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is a really good place for me, especially now. Um, I actually just started doing doubles this year. I'd never done doubles before. And so, yeah, I think it's a good um, way to build it steadily. So yeah. I imagine in college, I'll probably be doing more. So it's good. <laughs> what, what, what is the addition of doubles done for you or, or you feel like it's done for you? Um, well, I think it's good because a lot of times, I guess, especially in the beginning of the week, you kind of come into practice and you're not quite there just coming off the weekend and everything so I think it's good to have kind of morning practices to get warmed up and um, just get everything in tune for the afternoon so you can be at your top 
and ready to train. And, and currently, what does your practice schedule look like? How often are you swimming? Um, I'd say I usually do two to three mornings a week and um, every afternoon and then Saturdays. Sometimes I have Saturdays. Sometimes we have meets. It depends on the week. And then I try to lift three times a week and I've actually started doing track um, for school. I did that freshman year and then I'm doing it again this year, but I'm only doing like two practices a week or something, but it's been fun. What you, so you said you'd done track before what inspired you to do it this year? And I'm curious what, Oh, I, I guess last year, just because of COVID, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my coach, um, one of my swim coaches, Solomon D'Amico, um, he is, well, he does a lot with me in the weight room and everything. And he also coaches track for um, school. And so he was saying that I should do it. And it works out really well since he's also my swim coach. He recognizes that that's my top priority and kind of works with me to make it all complement each other. So. What have you enjoyed about track so far? Uh, well, I just really like it because I get to see my friends because I um, just being back and forth between Anchorage and Seward, I haven't seen my Seward friends a lot. And, um, and then with COVID and everything, we haven't been in school together. So, um, it's been good to see them. And I also enjoy running. I like it. I think it's fun. Um, just not too far. <laughs> so. do, do you have events? Like, do you, do you have certain events you'll focus on, on the track season when, when competitions start? Yeah, I'll probably just do um, like the 400 and maybe the 800 and the 200. Um, I don't want to do any other events, like field events or anything leading up to trials just because I don't want to risk getting injured that close. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no shot put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not exactly a good thrower or catcher. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype, but mm-hmm. you know, so that, that seems like a swimmer thing. So then, um, the, sorry, when you are at track practices, I have to wonder just like how cold is it right now? And, and are you able to, to warm up as the practice goes through? Yeah, actually that's kind of funny you say that. I think, well, before I left, it just started a couple of weeks ago. So we've been practicing in the gym. Um, but actually while I was gone, the whole track team went out and, um, had a shoveling party to clear the whole track. So I think we should be out there when I get back. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's definitely cold. We have to dress warmly. Gotcha. All right. Um, and then just, just moving forward, you mentioned that mission was going to be your last big travel meet before trials. Um, what do what do the next couple months look like for you? Um, I think when I get home, I'll have another, um, kind of check in with all my coaches and kind of solidify my, um, training plan moving forward for trials. Um, kind of keep doing what I'm doing, but just make sure I have that all dialed in and we're all on the same page. And then once it gets a little closer, start tapering and yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. (laughs) 
Cool. Well, Lydia, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today. Uh, yeah, thank we, you. Before we sign off, any parting thoughts? Uh, I don't think so, no. I think uh, that's everything. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much. It was great talking. Yeah, it was good talking to you, too. Sorry it didn't work out while we were at Mission Viejo. So. <laughs> oh, no worries. I think this was much better anyway. <laughs>